0: So that's something I'm actually like really working on now and actually devising a plan on how can I celebrate things better and be more in tune to just enjoying the now. Do you know what I mean? Like all we have is the now. The, you know, the history is gone and the future, like tomorrow will never come. So all we have is the present.
1: Podcast Junkies, episode 224. Welcome back. I'm Harry Durant, host... Of this amazing podcast, which has given me the opportunity to speak to so many fascinating podcasters, podcast personalities, podcast luminaries, anyone in the podcasting space that I have a hankering to speak to. I usually end up doing it, and it usually ends up being such a really, really fun time. And uh, every day that I have this podcast and I'm able to record these intros to you, I'm grateful for that opportunity. And I know that it's been over six years now since starting this in April of 2014. And I never want to take that for granted. And I never want to take you for granted, the listener that keeps coming back and listens to me talk to my friends about podcasting. In case you missed last week's episode, I had the fantastic Nicole Holland host of interviews that convert on the show and we had a fascinating discussion what's fascinating about Nicole is that she's had a wide range of jobs and businesses and an interesting one was a corrections officer so digging into how she ended up where she is now and the stories that she told were really really fascinating so make sure you check that one out episode 223 with Nicole Holland This episode is brought to you by the one and only Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 sound card. My go-to recommendation for any new clients and new podcasters looking to get started. Step one, get a fantastic dynamic microphone like the Samson Q2U. Step two, get a super reliable, super clean sounding sound card like the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2. Your guests will thank you. See their complete line at podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite. This week I speak to my friend, my mate, Chris Dufay. Chris and I are in the same mastermind, Black Belt, which you've heard me reference before. It's one of my coaches going back about a year into after I started Podcast Junkies, maybe a little after, so late 2014, early 2015. So it's crazy how long that's been as well. And Chris is someone that I met about a year and a half or maybe two years ago in Black Belt. He actually lives in Bali. And he's a really fit dude. (laughs) It's one of the first things you notice about him. But the other thing that you notice is just how incredibly nice and sincere he is and what a giving person he is. I really love this episode. We talk about the importance of taking risks, networking, and maintaining your faith through all of life's challenges. He goes into detail how exactly he built the Flourishing Podcast business and life, which is really, really inspiring We talk about his intense work ethic and a huge risk he took early on in his business career. As if he didn't have enough on his plate, he's already completed a documentary, and he talks about the difference between interviewing for a podcast versus for a documentary. This recent corona crisis has been an opportunity for Chris to demonstrate what the best way is to lead as a business owner. We also get a sneak peek into his next documentary. (laughs) Chris definitely never slows down, and it's a truly inspiring conversation. This episode is brought to you by the Vertical Farming Podcast. It's the latest production from Fullcast. You can find more information at verticalfarmingpodcast.com. It's a very insightful series where I speak to CEOs, visionaries, and founders of the exciting vertical farming movement, and I'm learning a lot along the way. And excited to share these stories with you. So it's the latest project from Fullcast. If you want help with your authority building show, book a free call at fullcast.co forward slash chat 15. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where I revealed this week's retention hashtag. But let's get moving with Chris. Chris Dufay, host of the Chris Dufay show. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast Junkies.
0: Thank you, brother. I'm highly creative, as you can see from my podcast name. So it's a uh Dude, I'm super pumped to sit down and chat with you, Harry. The the more I can chat with you, the happier I am.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. For the listener's perspective, we were connected through uh, the one and only Taki Moore, who is seems to be the connector of connectors now. <laughs>
0: Mr. Moore is the man.
1: And I joined Black Belt probably almost four years ago. And I didn't really have a coaching business because we have an agency, but... I can't imagine not having that collection of peers, access to them or just calling some of them friends. So we're going to talk a little bit about podcasting, but since that's our mutual connection point, talk to me about what having a network of peers like that is for, especially when we're going through challenging times like we are now.
0: Dude, it's the most important thing, if I could be perfectly honest. I had a call yesterday with a couple of guys who've kind of formed like our own mini mastermind. That has come from Takis. Do you know what I mean? And essentially it's just a bunch of us guys that get together every fortnight. We talk business and we help each other and we keep each other highly accountable. But it goes beyond there as well. Because I'm also a big believer that we don't have business problems. We have personal problems that affect our business. And so if we think of the times that we're in right now, well, the thing is, yes, we have a lot of stress and a lot of thought that must go behind our business but there's a lot of noise and distraction out there that are going to directly affect our business. If you're consuming too much social media, especially if you're consuming too much main media, you're going to be in fear, you're going to be in doubt, you're going to be in uncertainty. Uh, These things directly tie in and suck away from your ability of business. And on the flip side, uh, it's great to have amazing friendships that weave and dance with being able to talk business, but then it goes so much beyond that as well.
1: Do you remember what it was like when you didn't have a- access to a network like this?
0: Yes, it was absolutely bollocks, no, not no fun at all. So, a little bit of like backstory, because I totally understand with what you're saying with this. Then, so I was a personal trainer since 18 in Sydney. I moved to Dubai after eight years of running my business there. I had the opportunity to move to Dubai, so I moved to Dubai and lived there for two years, and that's when also my wife gave birth to our first child. Big story around that, but long story short, when it comes to it effectively, what really came about was I worked in a gym six days a week from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. It was just me grinding away, getting the job done. It's now what I call the time for money traps. Any trainer, coach, service professional at the end of the day is in the time for money trap. And it was just me and I felt really lonely. What was worse, good and bad, silver lining to it. When I started my online business, that's when we went from Dubai to now Bali, which was six years ago. And effectively, like Harry, dude, I spent the first three years, I reckon, cooped up in my home office. I could have been in the middle of Siberia and wouldn't have known because I was just in a home office grinding away day by day trying to figure this shit out, like trying to figure the business side out of running an online business and I didn't have a network at all. Like I literally was working, spending time with family or training. That was it. Like that was my life, like in a nutshell right there. And so it really sucked, And I felt, I felt really lonely and I know I would have, I think depression is a strong word to use. So I don't know if I would say that, but I dipped in and out of being very low because I was so lonely.
1: So you said you were grinding, like where does that mindset, where does that come from? Is that something you were taught by your family? Is that something self-taught? Or who is the inspiration for, for that work ethic?
0: I've always been the type of person where I was like, look, if you tell me what to do, I'll run through walls and I'll make that happen. Like I had the do you mean the science of achievement down, like I could just work and I could get it done. If anyone else listening right now do you mean, vibes with that you also know that there's a limit. There's a limit to how much you can actually push. There's a limit to how much freedom you can have to it. There's a limit to how much you can actually achieve through that domain format of just doing, doing, doing. And that's the, the consciousness level of just doing. So I burnt out a couple of times and it was only until recently, if I could be really honest, dude, again, there's a silver lining to it, but it comes from a feeling of unworthiness because to this day, I struggle with uh, feeling worthy for what I've achieved. Like, I, legitimately right now, like, I am grateful every single day. Where I'm like, I have an amazing life. Like, and I said this, uh, like, a couple of days ago to someone. Someone was like, how's everything going? And obviously, at the time of recording, we're, doing, we're in the throes of coronavirus. And I go, I know that the sky is falling for so many people around the world right now. People are losing their lives and doing that. That's bad. But I've got to be honest, I'm loving life right now. I'm in a beautiful home. We're in Bali. It's super chilled. I have great food delivered to me every single day. I'm happy. I'm healthy. My three daughters are happy and healthy. My wife is happy and healthy. My business is growing. Yeah, I'm probably working a little bit too much, but that's 100% my fault And because I'm probably feeling unworthy at the same time because I can't chill out. But I felt a little bit guilty when I was feeling it and thinking it and saying it. And so it has a curse because... I can overdo it at the end of the day. So yes, I can get stuff done and that's how I've been able to accomplish the things. But I also, I really suck if I could be honest, Harry, on like doing rewarding myself or celebrating those accomplishments. So that's something I'm actually like really working on now and actually devising a plan on how can I celebrate things better and be more in tune to just enjoying the now. Do you know what I mean? Like all we have is the now. The the history is gone and the future, like tomorrow will never come. So all we have is the present.
1: Do you remember how far back you can go to to think about this, you know, little Chris? Like, was it always just as far back as you can remember, just driven, like either whether it's on the playing field or in the classroom? Is that something that you just, you feel like you were kind of born that way?
0: So, like I was always very athletic as a kid. I also had a, what I would call an eating disorder when I was a teenager as well and I was really overweight, which is what drove me to become a personal trainer because I was really overweight and I learned to lose the weight and therefore I wanted to help others go through that transformation. So I became a personal trainer, then I ran a really shitty personal training business, and then I learned to run a better business so therefore do I help people. With their businesses now. And now I've gone through another evolution where now I'm really happy with my life and lifestyle. So I'm helping people be able to take that next evolutionary step as well. If I could be really honest, when coming to your question, it's something I'm really trying to dive into now. Like, honestly, like I do talk therapy and breath work once a week, and we dive into that sort of stuff as well, trying to see how far back it goes. I've not been able to palpate and say, oh, like that's what happened to cause this, but it could be something. And that's where it's like, it goes really deep. And I've got to be perfectly honest. My parents uh, had me when they was 17 years old. So really young parents. And they're amazing. We have great relationships and I love them. Just to, they're they're awesome. Like I remember being at my dad's 21st birthday, right? It's like, wow. was, yeah. So like, it was, it's cool. And I, but I think there was something behind there where I felt like they, I don't know. It's almost to the point of maybe they sacrifice so much for me and therefore I've got some feeling of unworthiness that sits behind for some... Yeah, I can't palpate it. I'm just being brutally honest and transparent right now. I've been like, dude, this is the shit that's coming up and I, I, I don't know, but also at the same time, there's a part of me that says like, it's kind of like the the feeding of the two wolves. Do you know what I mean? It's like, which wolf are you going to feed? Do you feed the good wolf or the bad wolf? And whichever wolf you feed is the one that's going to win. So rather than yeah. thinking about the negatives, that's where I'm like, I want to look at the positive and how can I feed that wolf at the end of the day?
1: And how did you end up in Dubai?
0: So I was a personal trainer in Sydney. I had a great personal training business. I had a team of personal trainers working for me. As do you mean people grind their way out, I was starting to not love where I was seeing my career because I was just working around the clock. So again, I was just the, I will work the hell out of it. And I had a full book of clients and everything like that. Um, three days after my wife and I found out she was pregnant, I got an email from a colleague and he was in Dubai. and He was someone that I met around the world at all the, these courses. And uh, the email simply said that there was an opportunity for me to be able to go to Dubai And start a fitness business there. So I took that opportunity. And when my wife was six months pregnant with our first child, I sold my house, my car, gave my business away. And I got on a plane to go from Sydney to Dubai. And I only knew one person on the other side. And halfway across that flight, so about seven hours into that flight, it's about a 14-hour flight, I just started shaking and crying because I didn't know what I got myself into. Like I was like, I know one dude on the other side. I didn't even know if he's waiting for me at the airport, if I could be perfectly honest. Wow. And for three months, I slept on the couch and I fucking made that fitness business work. And I, there was no way I was failing at that. And so I got the business up and running. It took me about three weeks to get a full book of clients. And then I grew it. And then I flew back in time to Sydney and surprised my wife early actually. Uh, and then she gave birth to our first daughter, Arlo, and then we all moved over to Dubai together and we lived there for two years and until I burnt out again and figured out doing this doing this same shit it ain't gonna work and then I finally changed business models.
1: What kept you going, you know, when you were on the couch for those three months?
0: So I remember like falling asleep. So with the time zone difference between Dubai and Sydney the only time I could really get, say, a couple of text messages in and be able to converse with my wife was just before I would go to sleep. And so I remember getting some text messages in and I could, like then I would lay back on the couch and a sincere and loving and like, oh, that's nice to hear kind of version would be like, I cried myself to sleep. I was really sad that I was away from my pregnant wife and all this kind of stuff. You know what? I closed my eyes and I fell asleep like a baby straight away and I wake up and I get back to work. I was just mission driven. Do you mean like I I knew why I was there and I knew why I was doing all of this because behind me was like, I'm creating a future for my family. Like I'm doing something different. Like I burnt my ships behind me and I knew that. So it was literally get it done or die trying. And I knew my ego wasn't going to let me fail at that. So I fell asleep every night on that couch very happily. And I think I slept really, really well probably because I was so exhausted from each day's work, but dude, it's just like when you, when you have clarity on why you're doing something, you can withstand storms.
1: So you, you, then you moved to Bali and then that's when you started picking up this online version of what you do. So can you talk about that transition?
0: Yeah. So like, Towards the end of Dubai, that's when I was like, oh my God, imagine if I could have an online business. Imagine if we could like live anywhere. It was like just this is a fantasy dream. And so that's when I started dabbling and playing with the online fitness business thing. And then I got a couple of online clients. And then I, then my wife actually came to me and she goes, we've got to go. We can't, we can't stay in Dubai. Like this isn't where we want to live and everything like that. And she goes, let's move to Bali. It's a place We've loved. And still, we could do it. Obviously, cost of living is cheap. So, like, the business. Uh, and then I just went, you know what? I really like this online thing. I think I'm actually pretty good at it. Let's do it. And so, three weeks after that conversation, my wife had flown to Bali, found a villa, found a, uh, a school for our child, visas. Like, the whole thing was sorted, do you know what I mean? And we just smoke bombed Dubai. We just, like, literally sold everything and then came over. I transitioned a bunch of my face-to-face clients that I had at the time to online coaching. And so, when I first landed in Dubai, I was like, I had, do you mean, a roster of online clients. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm making money. Like, this is really good. But dude, I totally screwed up because I just set things up completely wrong. So, about a week in from landing, I lost a bunch of clients because I just set it up wrong. They weren't the right fit for actually online coaching back then. They needed someone in the face-to-face world. And so, I went from like, oh, cool, like this is working, to suddenly then, oh, shit, I can't even pay for our living expenses. Like, what the hell are we going to do? So there was turmoil and there was stress and that's when, do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, the next few years, I was just grinding away in an office by myself trying to figure the stuff out.
1: Seems like that's a consistent thread already just in our conversation, like this ability for you to like not give up and just kind of like, if like you almost, it's, 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 I get the sense that, you're gonna figure out a way to, to make it work. You may not have the clear picture, but you know that there's some way you can kind of you can make your way through this.
0: I'm shooting a documentary series at the moment, right? So one documentary just came out last week, but the next documentary series is called A Life Worth Living, where essentially I'm just flying around the world, interviewing the best of the best, trying to figure out what are their secrets to actually living a life, especially redefining success and redefining how do we get to success at the end of the day in all areas of life without compromise. I kept coming to after these interviews and thinking about it with myself. And there was this word that kept coming to me. And I'm not a religious dude, but the word was faith. And that's why I looked upon myself as well. And I was like, I've got faith. There's faith inside of me that we will get there. Do you know I mean, I will achieve what it is. The thing that we don't really know is time. Time is something that we don't have the grasp on. So whether I'm going to get there or not, I have faith of that happening. Is it going to be three months, do you know what I mean, that we hit the X mark of dollars revenue or 12? That We don't know that sort of stuff. So I try and bring it back today to a very stoic philosophy, if I could be honest, and just being like, look, there's really only my thoughts and actions that I can control. And so therefore that's all, that's all I'm going to focus on. I'm not looking to external validation and trying to achieve things. And it's uh, this artwork behind me that my daughter actually gave me for my recent birthday it's got a phrase on it when's your birthday it was 23rd of february it's just a phrase and she wrote it on there and it's probably the one thing i've cherished the most like physical thing other than my children children yeah. <laughs> materialistically and it just says there is no destination and i love that so much because there is
1: no destination did she come up with that on her own
0: no, it's something I keep saying the whole time. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. Well, it's, it's working then. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. It is. It do. It's working for me. Um, they're much wiser and smarter than I am, for sure. But it, there is definitely the ability to focus on what really matters at the end of the day. is something I continue to come back to that's just so important for us. And so having the faith of, do you mean, know, being able to weather the storms. Like right now, going through this coronavirus stuff, like mm-hmm. dude i'm pumped like i'm like i'm made for this like let's go do you know what i mean like I'm, I'm ready to lead my community and my team through this like when shit hit the fan it was immediately like all hands meeting and i was like look this is a good thing and this is why and everyone could see the vision of what was needed to get done and what what do we do to get to the other side of those things but to be honest as well it's only from learning from other people ahead do you know what I mean? i'm always just trying to look at the the dudes and dudettes that are doing amazing things and being like, ah, oh, that's cool. Like, I, w- I want to emulate those characteristics.
1: We'll come back to what happened. What, what, what I've seen you do during this this interesting crisis that we're going through. So we'll circle back to that in a second. But I'm curious just to keep the, the timeline thread going. When did podcasts start to enter, like, your radars for, from a content marketing strategy?
0: In Dubai, just before we left, is when I started my first podcast. So that was... Quite some time ago, it would have been like six years ago. Actually, I would have started my first podcast. It was thanks to James Shramko. He was one of my resources. I was like, still to this day. I
1: funny story. It's because of James that I know Taki.
0: <laughs> Same here. So this is so I followed James's stuff. He was he was probably one of the primary guys that I was learning and consuming information from. Then I went to James's uh, event that I saw Taki speak at. And then I actually spoke at James's event the year after that. And Taki was there as well. And that's when like we chatted and that's when our friendship actually like kind of first started. So it's really funny. J- James has the, has the common thread with that one as well. So it was thanks to learning from James and doing his methodology. Like it still stands true today. And I was like, Oh my God, like I, I think podcast is going to be awesome. Like you kidding me? I get to interview people that I really highly respect and therefore it also helps me build my business. It's a no brainer. So that's when I started in Dubai. I still remember because the time zone differences sucks. So I had to do them in like the middle of the night to be able to actually like make the interviews work. And I did it and I loved it. I'm so happy I did it.
1: What were some of the things early on as you were getting started with podcasting that you were just, you know, learning the ropes, you know, besides what, uh, you were learning from listening to James. just I'm just curious about just how you got started you know maybe tech wise or or you know what the content was or how you were thinking about organizing those first early episodes. Yeah
0: dude it was shit it was so crap like I, <laughs> it was, like you definitely would not want to listen to it. It'd be like running nails down a chalkboard would be more pleasant than listening to me back then. <laughs> I remember it was like a, a blue yeti microphone and I had it connected with Skype and recorded it through Skype. It it worked, do you know what I mean? Like I'd get on and I'd ask questions and that's the difference now. Like as a interviewer, when I'm either doing a podcast interview or a documentary interview, one of the best compliments I get is when someone turns around and goes, God, you're really good at asking questions. Or that's a really good question. Like I get such a high when (laughs) someone says that. I'm like, oh (laughs) shit. Yeah, my ego just gets stroked. I love it. So it definitely comes down to One, having frameworks into what you're doing. So now I'm like always thinking in frameworks and how something operates and how something needs to get done. The skill set is the skill of uh, listening. So needing to actually listen to what the other person's doing. And that's why I don't do interviews anymore without video. And like when I do like obviously the documentary ones, we're doing it in person. And I really rather like, for me, I'd rather invest the money in, the flights and like it's, it's expensive to do you know what I mean? Like even the documentary I just released, like it cost, or it cost a bit to get done. But like when I'm looking at you, like I'm looking at you right now, Harry, do you know what I mean? Like I can see your facial expressions. I can see what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Like it just makes that conversation so much more powerful. So because I'm listening as to what's going on and then I can truly help craft that conversation flow to be able to get to where we need to do you know I mean So at the end outcome, the listener is like, that was really good. Like that actually improved my
1: life. So talk about the frameworks because this is a podcast about podcasting. So we can get as, as geeky as we want <laughs> and techy as we want on this topic because it's something that I'm obviously passionate about. So you mentioned frameworks. Tell me how they've helped and, and maybe give us an example.
0: So a simple framework to be able to follow is what's the problem? So what's the problem that we're talking about at the end of the day? What's the hook so we can make sure that we've got the person inclined to want to listen to all the way through? Uh, Then we talk about story, and essentially the story needs to take, I like taking them through doing the hero's journey too. And so, especially part of doing the documentaries is I really dived in deep, learning script writing and then really learning the hero's journey. What are those steps need to look like? So, what does the ordinary world look like before you started out? What was the call to action? What was the meeting of the mentor? Do you know what I mean? Like what was the aha moment? What was that time where you like shit hit the fan at the end of the day and you're like, oh my God, I don't know if this can work. Like when you learn a hero's journey story, like it's every story is done from Star Wars to the Bible. Like it's all the exact same. Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so um, one of the, there's two amazing books that I read one of them's called Save the Cat. It's an, a brilliant script writing book. I totally forget a blank on the author, but he's amazing. And I've learned so much from him. So you learn in that the different types. Of, so like my last documentary is technically a golden fleece hero's journey, right? So there's different types of what goes on. I'm totally forgetting the second book's name. It actually wasn't a book. It was a, a recording of a script writing seminar that was just amazing. But like, so what I did was when you look at it, I actually can overlay say a webinar, like a selling webinar with a script and you can actually overlay the two of them. Like, you know, if you have two like see-through pieces of paper and you have it written, you can actually do it together where you put it over the top. And I was like, oh my God, I see the power of what I can do with film now. And it's amazing. So yeah, after- what's the problem, what's a hook, what's a story, take them through a hero's journey at the end of the day. When you're teaching, you need to be able to look at like doing, if it goes wrong, what happens, if it goes good, what happens, and then what's the wrap-up, what's the call to action.
1: How have you found that that framework has improved the quality of your interviews?
0: Oh, tremendously, because I am now able to pull out of my guests what I need to, like – We all know when you have interviews, it's like milking a stone. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, come on, give me some juice, brother. So, they're the good ones. Like, they're the ones you learn from at the end of the day. Um, You also have a flip side on the pendulum where you get on an interview and you know the person knows their talking points. Like, they're like, these are the talking points that I have. And it's like the same thing. (laughs) And so, you need to deviate that person out of their usual routine. Like, get them out of that usual slope that they go down into so it can be a little bit more natural and if i could be honest like one of the most important things i just feel like people don't do they don't do their homework like what learn about your person before you're actually going to talk to them and really like know something interesting so especially you can start the conversation with something that's going to open them up like if you can start a conversation that will get the person to go oh like shit, this dude's actually really switched on and he really knows about me. And like, this isn't going to be the same usual podcast. Like, for example, we've all heard the podcast where it's like someone's releasing a book and then it's just like, tell me about chapter two. Tell <laughs> me about chapter six. <laughs> chapter and it's just three, like, yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh, bang my head against a wall, dude. Like, this is no fun. So being able to dive in a little bit deeper, I find really interesting because then you get really cool conversations. And that's the thing for me, the podcast podcast, and the documentary, the whole thing, is I want to have cool conversations with cool people. That's it. I think that's the coolest thing ever. Like that. That's what lights me up. And if I could do that for the rest of my life, I won. Do you mean like that's that that's winning for me? So I want to design my life around that.
1: When did you think about changing the name of the show? And what was the the, the reasoning behind that?
0: Oh, dude, I've gone through like four or five iterations, if I could perfectly honest. It started out as, I don't even know what it started out. Maybe it was Ask the Pro when I first started it out. Then I had, like a, I had like a business-specific podcast and I had a fitness-specific podcast. And then I went through, and that's when recently I went, it was maybe 15 months ago, maybe not even, maybe a bit over 12 months ago. I started the Chris Dufay show simply because I wanted something that would stay with me as I evolve. Because what I found was I started a podcast and it was very niche specific, which has merits. Do you know what I mean? Like, which is important. But then as I grew as a person, I didn't want to talk about the same old shit that I was doing before. I wanted to have the conversations that I want to have. And so that's why I called it the Chris Dufay show. So essentially it comes with me as I evolve and go through. So then I can have people talking from doing in-depth business stuff to health and fitness to psychedelics to all sorts of things. Do you know what I mean? Because they're the things that I want to talk about that interest me.
1: How have you noticed as the caliber of the guests has improved, how has it affected you having to rise to that occasion to be a host to a higher caliber guest?
0: For now, I don't feel like I get rattled where I'd get rattled before. Like, oh my God, I'm about to talk. <laughs> I, remember, I remember ages ago, I interviewed Jordan Harbinger and it was funny because I told him because I actually interviewed for the documentary series not that long ago and I, I, was, I was with him. And I go, oh, John, like I've got to say thank you so much. I really appreciate it that you took the time for me to be able to interview you back then when I was just starting. And now when people reach out to me, I'm not like, unless shit's like super busy, I'm not the kind of dude to be like, how many listeners do you have? I am only, only do like, do, because I remember back to when Jordan gave me a leg up. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, I said to him, I was like, I appreciate that brother. And I want to extend that favor onto others and pass that on as well. So when I get like a higher caliber person, I think it's just the same for me. Like I come into everyone the same. Like if, like I, I want to treat everyone evenly. So even if someone isn't some rocket superstar, I'm going to put the exact same amount of effort in for them.
1: That makes sense. And so when did you then start to get, you had the podcasting down and then, of course, taking it to the next level, you start getting the the documentary. It's like, where, where does that come from?
0: Okay, this is a good question. So it was only about a year ago that I was obsessed with the notion of, isn't it interesting how we all tell ourselves the story that we're being like right now you're acting. I'm acting the listeners are acting like we're all acting out this story that we're telling ourselves And every day you wake up and you tell yourself that story, but that story can be changed. And I just found it very interesting. And it was a actually went out and a mutual friend connected me with one of his friends. And this guy was amazing. Uh, James, he's a filmmaker Uh, does incredible work and I had the thought and I went oh imagine being a filmmaker like imagine producing films and putting that out into the world would that be interesting and I had the thought I could never do that and I saw the thought go across my head do you know what I mean and I went fuck yeah I grabbed it I was like no that's a limiting belief that I have just told myself like I have fabricated that story myself that's bullshit do you mean like well, I'm not a film. So then I was like, no, I want to do it. Like, this is something I really want to do. I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. And I immediately just started putting, I mean, the, I started laying the bricks and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I had to think about it. I hired a film crew. And then uh, it was like a month later, we were in LA doing our first round of shooting of interviews. And I love it. Like, and I was like, I remember doing the first interview and uh, the film crew was there setting up and getting everything ready. I the, the, was two guests that were there. Mil and Nick, amazing. you are actually good friends of mine, thank God, because they were just really nice to me. And what, what, I think it was the sound guy. The sound guy turns around and goes, so who's the producer? And I'm like, I am. <laughs> he goes, who's the director? Yeah, that's me too. He's like, who's <laughs> the writer? And I was like, no, I guess I'll take that role as well. So <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to And so... That's right. I've just, I, I've just learned it. And I think that's a part of what I really enjoy is evolving doing that's Something I, I really, really enjoy is being able to evolve and grow and get better and do new things. And that's where I was like, look, Daniel, I, I love podcasts and podcasts are very important, but the thought that I also had was it's ve- there's a lot of competition in it. So where can I go where there's less competition? Do you know what I mean? And that's where I thought, well, it takes higher. And that's the thing. So, specifically with the documentary that I just released, it's about fitness business. So, gym owners, personal trainers, health coaches, it's essentially showing them what they need to be able to do today to be able to grow a thriving business. And for me, it was just being able to learn how do I actually produce a film because I want to continue doing this for the unforeseeable future because I had such a good time doing it. So, I just wanted to make sure that like, all right, I – Wanted to do something different. I'm really enjoying it. And it was a similar skill set. So like I enjoy doing the podcast because it's sitting there and interviewing. Now I'm just adding in layers of complexity and other skills that I need to be able to learn. So it was building on top of each other. Because the great thing is like all of the interviews that I just did for the documentary, dude, they're coming out as podcast episodes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got tons of episodes (laughs) in the library ready to rock because I've already put the grunt work in on the front end.
1: And so, just take the listener through the two documentaries that you've, the one you completed and and the one you're working on. What are the names?
0: So, the first one that we just released last week that you can go to fitprodocumentary.com. It's called The Business of Fitness. So, for gym owners, personal trainers, health coaches, how to grow a thriving business, you'll see exactly what you need to do, especially in today's climate. The next documentary is I'm actually going to be doing a series. is called "A Life Worth Living. So, that's where I'm going to be interviewing and really kind of like peeling back the onion on how do we redefine success today and then how do we actually redefine how do we get to that success as well because I found myself with the whole money thing as success and materialistic things as success a bunch of bullshit at the end of the day especially now I I can get to see behind a lot of the facade of what's going on and I was just like no like this I see too many people compromising. Why does why does a guy make so much money but then lose his relationships with his family, or why does someone build their career but doing gain weight and lose their health? Like, there's compromises going down here, and I was like, I don't like compromises, and so I wanted to look at well, how do we actually work around this? And so, therefore, this documentary series is coming coming to life.
1: How many have you shot already?
0: This oh. 20, 25 so far.
1: Wow.
0: So I literally wish I sh- probably should still be in LA now doing the shooting because I had a trip booked, but that I had to cancel that. So I want to actually release two episodes or what I'm going to call two volumes of a life worth living this year. Obviously this depends now on when I can actually start flying and doing everything like that, but I know I'll be able to get two out. It'll be a lot faster from what I can do moving forward. Now I've actually done one before. Yeah. So essentially each volume is actually peeling back one area of life, but at the end of the day, it's something I've got to be super interested in as well. So yeah, dude, I'm, I'm learning as I go. Like there is no way I'm going to say I know what I'm doing because I'm completely making shit up as, as I take the steps.
1: <laughs> is there anything that you've noticed different when you're interviewing someone on camera for a documentary as opposed to a podcast interview?
0: Yeah, totally. So I actually interviewed another filmmaker, a guy that I've looked up to and we're in LA and we did like a 90 minute interview together. And then at the end of it, like we finished, camera's off and he turns around and goes, that was really good. You'll probably use about 60 seconds of that. And I thought about, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like I'll sit down with someone for 60 to 90 minutes and like peel through some great stuff. But actually in the documentary, you could use very, very little of it. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So, Interviewing for a documentary, I found I have to be extremely sniper like in being able to pull the words out because it's got to come out in sound bites. It can't be these elongated and ums and ahs and all of this kind of stuff because it looks shit on film. So I need to be able to really get it out of them. But at the same time, I don't want to say, oh, stop. Can you just say it again? But like, kind of, <laughs> do you like? Do, I kind of want it to be a little bit. Yeah. So it's been really interesting for me to being able to go, okay, how do I actually create the environment so that they can, you know, like when you're watching film and there's just like this magical sound bite that just makes you, it gives you goosebumps all over. And it's like, Oh my God, like that's what you want. And so it's being able to craft it in the way to be able to do that. And then there's other things like, cameras there's lighting sound like there's so many things that you have to make sure are dialed in to get that because there's been a couple of interviews so far dude where i turned around and i was like fucking camera angles off that wasn't right like do you mean i was like dude we there was one trip the videographer not shitting you on the plane dropped the external hard drive and it broke and we lost all the footage
1: holy shit
0: (laughs) i'm not shitting you it would have cost me about 10 grand like i was like that trip was done. Like you, we didn't, we can't pull anything from it. The external hard drive is, is broken. <laughs> so I nearly cried when that happened, but I honestly am happy that it happened because now I have to go back and can do it again and it will be so much better. So yeah, there was, there was definitely a silver lining in that one.
1: That's interesting. I got introduced to my friend, Patrick Solomon. He actually produced a documentary called Finding Joe.
0: Oh dude, that's amazing. I've watched that.
1: I know him, and he's working on a new b- documentary called "What Is Money." So, no, uh, shit, dude. Yeah, he's in Venice too. So definitely, if, uh, if you once you start start those trips back up again, uh, get connected to him. And have you heard Ken Burns on Tim Ferriss' show?
0: Yes, but it was funny because I also did Ken Burns' masterclass before he was on Tim Ferriss' show. He's amazing. He's a and you know so. The dude that I got the I don't want to tell the guest. Oh, can you say it differently and stuff like that? Is because yeah, of yeah. Ken Burns. Because when he was explaining it, I was like, "Oh, that's good." Like, okay, I, I've got to like I've got to do this the right way. Do you know what I mean like I want I want to stick to the craft and the art of it? I don't yeah. want to be some slacker. And so thanks to Ken Burns.
1: <laughs> I gotta make Ken Burns proud.
0: Yeah, hopefully.
1: So now with, I want to shift into a little bit how you coach. People and coach gym owners and business owners through what's been happening through this crisis. Because what's been fascinating for me over the past, you know, three, two, three weeks, all that, all this is happening, is I've been able to see what a response is like from people who understand that this is, you know, while it's tough for a lot of people that we may know, it can also be a good opportunity for us to grow as business owners. And also to lead a, a tribe or, or, or lead our fans or anyone else that, that works with or works with us or follows us into showing them that there is a way to get through this crisis in a way where we can come out on top. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that messaging, because we sat in on a, on a couple, I saw, I saw a couple of your videos in the group, and and I was wondering, as this was happening, as people, you know, as shit was hitting the fan, as people were, were freaking out, what was going through your mind? and you know, when did you realize like that this was also an opportunity to lead?
0: So it's a great question. And it's funny because you said it's really only been like what, three weeks. It feels like three years. If I could be perfectly honest, yeah. it's like, holy shit. <laughs> so right before I actually had a breathwork session right before everything kind of like came to the, the tipping point of like, oh shit. Okay. Sky's falling for so much of this right now. And I walked out of the breathwork session. I just had this clarity and I was just like, okay, I've got to cancel my client event that I had booked in Venice, California. I had to cancel all the interviews that I had booked for the actual documentary series. I had to cancel the video. I had to do so much stuff and I had complete clarity and calm about getting it done. Like I was just in the zone, like looking back into it, I was like, holy shit, like that's crazy. I just knew what I had to do, how I needed to do it. And then I sat down and I had to pull. Firstly, I called an all-hands meeting for my team. So we all got on a call and it was, look, this is a great opportunity for us right now, which it genuinely is because like, so with what I do for gym owners, personal trainers, health coaches is I show them and teach them and give them what they need so they can build a thriving online business. So with everything that's actually happening, like I've got the golden ticket for to me, for fitness professionals to actually build a great business. Like this isn't a pulling and stuff out of my ass and trying to figure out something. It's like, no, this is what we do. We just need to be able to like properly contextualize everything to what is happening today. So I pulled the all hands meeting for my team, walked them through doing This is a good opportunity. This is why. So everyone got off that call being like, oh my God, like I had a couple of my coaches message me and go, dude, I was super stressed before that, but I feel so much better after that chat. And I was like, great, exactly right. Then I did the exact same for my members. And I go, this is a good opportunity for you because think about it. Everyone is now at home on their mobile devices, on their computers, needing health and fitness help. That's what you do. Do you mean? So like, this is huge opportunity. So then it got them out of, fear and lack and uncertainty to now being like, this is an opportunity that needs to be taken advantage of. Then I went through doing the actions of what do we need to do with operations, the business marketing, business sales and business coaching, the business, like I went through the different departments to be able to really break that down on what it is that we needed to be able to do with it. And then from there, it was making sure that uh, number one, especially going through all of this, it was there was the other thing there's then there's the personal side of things so we need to talk about this there's the how are you taking care of yourself physically and mentally and spiritually as you go through what's going on so i'm not watching TV. we don't have a tv i'm not i'm really limited my social media consumption like i just don't want to be consuming that side of stuff and it was a case of how do i protect myself to then best show up for everyone for me to be able to do this because i've got to be honest like since that day that like everything happened, like I haven't taken the pedal off the metal. And even now I'm like, I, I need to take a couple of days off mean like, I haven't taken time off yet. And I've been grinding hard. And I'm like, I can feel it. Like I was, um, I was up since 3am this morning to be on someone else's podcast. And do I did. it's like, I've been grinding all the way through. It's 11am now that we're recording this. My day won't finish until 3pm. Then I'm going to go train. Then I can have family time. And it's like, it's, it's full on. But I also, I'm, driven at the moment to make sure that I best show up and we can best serve everyone because it's an interesting time to it because we can either look at this period that we're going through right now. And I think a lot of people are going to look back at it and be like, honestly, they didn't do what they needed to do and they really acted the wrong way. Some people are going to get through it to the other side, but like, I mean, there'll be some battle scars, but they would have gotten through it. But, not with huge positive. And then there's other people that are going to thrive on this. And so even if we look doing economically as what's happening, there's a recession coming if we're not have already started it right now. Is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. Like it's simply money changing hands. Are you able to position yourself so the money changes to your hands at the end of the day? Then there was the other things like we're in Bali right now. We're like, well, do we want to stay in Bali? Do we go back to Australia? Like where are we going to... Like we just moved into our new villa that we just finished getting renovated like there was all of these personal things that we needed to take care of as well like my girls I've got three daughters uh, a six four and eleven month old my six-year-old and four-year-old are downstairs homeschooling right now it's just there's a lot of cogs in the wheel that we have to take care of ourselves and to make sure that it's all working because if if one of the cogs to mean, stops working then the entire machine falls apart.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's been inspiring to, to see how many people in the group, yourself included, you know, see this as the opportunity that it can be. And sometimes some some people need that kick in the pants sometimes to realize that there is, especially people that may have not been through something like this before, I think, because there is a, a lot of opportunities to, to lead and, and, and there's people who need some, you know, some of the services that we're providing as well.
0: 100% for sure. The other thing I'd love to say to this as well is if someone is in not thriving right now, and this is really bad, maybe you've lost a job, maybe your business is really starting to go down and under and all of these kind of things. Don't look at other people and be like, oh my God, that person's business is thriving and kicking ass and 10Xing and all of this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You've got to be very careful about how you compare yourself to others. And this is something I see a lot in the business world, a lot in the masterminds that we're all in is looking at someone being like, for example, someone goes, oh, do you mean I just made $60,000 of sales today? Okay, cool bananas, but there's a couple things we don't know. We don't know your profit margin. We don't know, do you mean, is it actually cash collected? We don't know, is that did that really happen? We don't know, is your relationship with your wife falling apart? We don't know, is your, like, well, there's so many things that we don't know at the end of the day. And so that's why when it comes to success in doing air quotes, a lot of people look at dollars because the scoreboard of business is dollars and it's easy it's very easy to use that scoreboard as dollars but what about the scoreboard for all of the other areas of life and that's where so many people just do not actually look at that and you
1: need to fix that so good so good so well said thank you brother a couple of questions as we wrap up what's something you've changed your mind about recently Ooh,
0: love this question what is something I like to think a lot, if I could be honest, like for me, I'm always questioning my goals. I'll tell you what it is, my goals. It was only a few days ago. I said to myself and then I uh, I shot some content and I said this to my team and members and stuff like that. I go, with everything going on in the world right now, this is an ideal time to question everything, like question everything. And that's where I I did it to myself first, because I always want to come from a place of like speaking gestalt rather than speaking from just advice. And that's where I want to be like, okay, like what is it that I actually want to achieve? So the first thing I did was I have to journal because if I try and have a conversation with myself in my head, it just turns to shit and I need to like write it out to have that conversation with myself. So the first thing was, what is it that I want to achieve in 2020? And I looked at my goals for this year and I go, things have clearly changed. So... What is it that I want to achieve? Because we have to have a target to where we want to be able to go. So what are the things that I want to be able to do in 2020? And then it was like, well, what are my goals moving forward? What what is it that I want to do? How is it that I want to live my life? Like, How is it that each? I looked at my day, my daily routine? I go, what is it that I want to do in my days now? And I just really peeled everything back looking at that. And then I, I continued to try and come back to that as well and be like, okay, look, thoughts and my actions and my especially goal wise internal goals are more important than external goals because i can't for example the documentary when i first was like yeah i'm gonna shoot a documentary i was like i want to get a documentary and win a sundance award right that's that's me being that's me being dick chris right now (laughs) and then i was like "Uh, okay after after quite some time many months i was like that's that's silly do you mean and i was really studying stoic philosophy and i was like that's a, that's a goal that I can't have because it's outside of what I can control. What I can control is, am I proud of what I produce and release into the world? And the night before I released the documentary, I asked myself, am I proud to release this to the world? And I was, and I am. And so I clicked that button and it went out and you know, it's in the world now. So that's where I was like, okay, question everything. If someone can walk away from this, episode today sit down and question everything like the the limiting beliefs that we can have are so terrible and that's when you need to be really honest and upfront and it's painful and it doesn't feel good when you do it but i tell you what if you do it now you'll save yourself so much pain and you'll be able to feel so much better as well
1: Mm, so good what's the most misunderstood thing about you
0: (laughs) i have no idea if i could be perfectly honest i don't know what people think of me I uh, couldn't give a shit what people think of me if I could be honest as well. Oh, you know, I always find this funny. Uh, do you know what I mean I'm I'm muscular? I've trained. Do you know what I mean I've got beard? I've got tattoos? All that kind of stuff. I'm a massive teddy bear on the inside. Like, dude, I, yeah, like, I think I'm a massive teddy bear that just wants to meditate and chill out and <laughs> have fun. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, and then, then having uh, connected you in person and and, and uh, knowing you for couple of years now I can definitely vouch for you on that front so yeah I would imagine people uh, on first impression think of you one way and then as they get to know you, you find out what your heart's made of
0: i got to be honest it's funny because I actually like that it's like when um someone said to me the other day like when they first saw me in the gym they're like oh shit like I didn't come up and say hi to you look you look pretty serious and I was like I'm uh, when I'm when I'm doing something especially yeah, training course, yeah, like, yeah. I'm in the moment I'm there like I'm working hard but then doing you know mean? they're like oh like." But the, the, what they thought of me first wasn't uh, doing what they now think of me. And, and that's perfectly fine. And it's also interesting, like walking into like boardrooms and masterminds and stuff like that. People are like, <laughs> who's this meathead? And I like that, <laughs> to me because I can fly under the radar. But it's just interesting. And so I can share a super quick story when it comes to this. was when I was a trainer in Dubai, um, it wasn't long after I first was there. There was this uh, Emirati guy. Uh, he was dude he was probably just under my shoulder height and he weighed about 142 kilos at the time so he was he was a, he was a big boy and he came up to me and i remember seeing him rock up to the gym every morning and it was in, it was in this beaten up jeep that was like falling apart like this jeep like <laughs> i don't know what do. this jeep was a like small little beaten up looked like crap right and then he came up to me and he was like hey uh, Chris like I've seen you training people I want to train with you and I was like great like let's have a sit down let's just have a quick conversation and see if we're a good fit and I took him through like an, an analysis and an assessment and then we got to the, the selling part of the conversation right and I'm like okay uh his name was Ahmed I go all right Ahmed so like everything being uh, like I think we should train once a week and blah 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 he goes oh Chris like I can train more often if you want and I go oh okay uh well let's train twice a week, like what two days do you think are going to be best? He goes, oh, dude, like I, I can train more often if you want. And so obviously me, I was coming to the conversation with the, this guy can only afford so mm, much.
1: Interesting. Right? Yeah.
0: And therefore that's why I was saying what I was saying. Anyway, it turns out he's a sheikh. He had more money than God and he actually trained with the Four days a week, double days. So wow. it's actually eight wow. sessions a week that this guy. He'd rock up every week with his like wad of cash and give it to me for the eight sessions every single week, right? And I remember that point because I judged him, and I judged him wrongly. And now I'm very much like I just I am wanting to be as conscious as possible. As I just don't judge people. I don't judge people for the way they look or anything like that because. You never know who they are. And at the end of the day, we're all equal and the same. So that was a learning lesson for me when I was a prick and I was doing the wrong thing. And thankfully, Dominic came out as a good thing because he was also a very sweet, loving man that taught me so much. So it was, yeah, don't judge.
1: <laughs> Such an important lesson. Well, brother, I feel like I could add another hour to this just to dig into like the the spirituality spirituality side and just kind of like go down that path, but we'll save that for a future conversation because it feels like we're just starting to crack open. Uh, you know, who is Chris Dupay? <laughs> so this is uh, the the part one of that conversation. So I just want to say that it's been um, you know a, a pleasure to like see you in action from afar and even meeting you at at the intensives and and seeing how your your mind works, your brain work, being inspired by your drive, by your motivation, by your desire to be a better person. That's contagious as hell. (laughs) And it's something that's really, really inspiring. So I just want to congratulate you on the success you've had. And it's just the listener can tell that it's because of who you are as a person, how you grew up and just this desire to constantly want to be better is evident in everything that you do.
0: Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate you, Harry. And it's always great chatting with you, brother. So look, being able to share this and for the listener right now, uh, you've spent an hour with us and I don't take that lightly uh, at all. So I appreciate you spending the time with us.
1: So where's the best place for folks to connect with you online?
0: Easiest place to go, would just go to the Chris DuFay Show podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to get the documentary, go to fitprodocumentary.com.
1: Well, thanks again for your time, brother. Take care. Thank you, Harry. I really can't get over what a nice dude Chris is. And I said it at the beginning of the show, if you were to meet him, you'd probably be intimidated, but he is truly a teddy bear and he's a kind-hearted soul and he has such a dedication to his work, to his family, to his life, to always striving to get ahead. I just felt that as a consistent theme in our conversation, like he's always looking for the best way to perform at his optimum, at his best. And it's really a truly inspiring episode. I'd be interested to hear what your takeaways are. So as always, send me a note, send me an email. If anything specifically resonated with you, Harry, at podcastjunkies.com. You can always tag us on Twitter, podcast underscore junkies, when you see the promos for the episodes. But uh, grateful for this opportunity to get inspired and to learn some ideas about how businesses can cope during these times of crisis. This is not the first one, and by all means won't be the last one, so I think building up that resilience gene is always a good thing. Thanks again to our sponsor, Focusrite, makers of this Scarlet 2i2 sound card. Make sure you pick up the 3G latest generation and improve the quality of your podcast immediately. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil, my great friend George Abiana, who... Little did he know, six years ago, when he built that little ditty for me, would be the ongoing music and soundtrack for Podcast Junkies. Thank you, George. Check out his music at cedarsoil.com. Podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast. Book a free call at fullcast.co forward slash chat one five to see how we can help you launch, produce, and market your authority building podcast. Stay tuned next week for my conversation with Henneke Watkins Porter. Interestingly enough, Henneke was one of the last few conversations I recorded prior to heading out to Podfest, so it's really interesting to think about pre-COVID and COVID conversations and to be able to capture a moment in time when little did we know how much the life we knew would change in the span of a week or two. So her energy level is always high and I know you won't be disappointed. If you made it this far, no doubt you're waiting for the retention hashtag. Let's go with inspiring Chris for this episode. Inspiring Chris, one word, and you can tag me at podcast underscore junkies and Chris at Chris Dufay, C-H-R-I-S-D-U-F-E-Y. As always, stay safe. Thank you for everything you do to spread the word about Podcast Junkies and to support the show. I am truly appreciative. Have a fantastic day.